You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Welcome in, everyone, to the Bonfire Podcast. We'd like to thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank, uh, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, those of you who are maybe brand new to our podcast, and of course, those of you who are returning. We hope that everyone will find something uh, of benefit from uh, these recordings and, and uh, that they will be useful to you. Uh, we also hope that uh, maybe uh, you find something that's so useful to you that you want to share it with someone around you. So pl- please feel free to tell folks um, about the Bonfire Podcast. You know, Dan, uh, th- this uh, episode is going to be a little bit different uh, for us. The last several that we've done have all been topical-based, and and this one we're going to uh, now transition more to kind of a, a scripture uh, exposition-type type style right. of really kind of breaking down the, the verses here. Um, and I think that's probably the mode that we'll be in for the next little bit. And mm-hmm. so we want to go ahead and give our listeners a, a heads up that uh, our next set of episodes will probably be coming out of 1 John. Uh, we're going to do a series through 1 John, and so um, we're going to be taking, you know, chunks of verses at a time. We'll go through those and and, and read those and uh, study through those and tell you kind of what God enlightened us to as we were reading through that. And so we encourage you to go ahead and be looking through 1 John, study that yourself, and then that way uh, this podcast can just be a uh, kind of accessory to your, your own personal study. And again, hopefully you will find something useful from that. And as always, we'd like to connect with you. We'd like to, to hear from you. And so if you're studying uh, with us and, and you come across something or a new way to look at something or, or something that God spoke to you about, uh, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know that. So you can do that on multiple different ways. Uh, you can reach out to us through our social media platforms. Uh, so you can get us on Facebook at Bonefire Ministries, a Facebook page. Uh, you can also just send us a, an email directly to us. Uh, Bonfire Ministries at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and to, to know uh, that you're studying and that maybe you've seen things just a little bit differently than what we presented, and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we'd love to hear that as well. And so, uh, Dad, today, again, we're going to be looking um, at, a, at a topic uh, that's, uh, again, more exposition-based. We're going to be in Matthew, um, looking at probably the most famous sermon uh, that was ever yeah. preached. Uh, this is the Sermon on the Mount that was preached uh, by Jesus. And, uh, of course, that's found in Matthew. It starts in uh, Matthew chapter 5, and then it goes over into uh, chapter 6 and 7. And, and so we're going to be looking just at a, an excerpt of that uh, sermon uh, today. And, you know, on this podcast, we'll probably come back at some time and really do a deep dive through the entire sermon, mm-hmm. uh, but for day for today, there's just this one portion that really sticks out to us that we wanted to uh, touch on, and so we'll be um, looking at Matthew chapter seven verses thirteen and fourteen for today's podcast. And before we read that, I just want to you know talk about what's going on around us. You know, it's hard to have a podcast and and not speak to uh, the turmoil and and the unrest that's all around us. And um, you know, there's always evil. And there's always good in this world. Um, those have been here forever, and they will continue. And they're always at odds with each other. Right. Um, there's also uh, always light, and there's always dark. And there's likewise a battle between light and dark. And uh, those will have uh, been there and will continue on. And and likewise, uh, us as human beings, and and you and I believe that we were created right by right. Uh, God the Father. Yeah. Uh, created us. We're created beings, and and we really believe that inside each of us. Um, God said, "You got to pick a side. You got to you got to choose whether you're going to go with the light, or you're going to go with the dark. You're mm-hmm. gonna you got to choose whether you're going to go with uh, good, or you're going to go with evil." Right. And this uh, very topic is what Jesus took head on in his Sermon on the Mount. Now, the interesting thing about the Sermon on the Mount is when it started, 
Uh, you could tell that it was much more personal. It seemed as if Jesus was talking just to his uh, immediate disciples that were around him. He was giving them instruction um, of, of how to how to live the Christian life. That's mm-hmm. also where we find where he taught his disciples how to pray uh, in, in that section. And then right. it seems as if the the sermon takes a little bit of different turn and, and goes more outside to other people. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just envisioned that. Uh, you know, Jesus is there preaching, and Jesus was known for generating a crowd. There was always right. people wanting to follow him. There was uh, folks that wanted to either see whatever miracle that he was going to do next. Uh, there were folks that were coming to seek a miracle from him. Uh, there was folks who were coming to seek some type of food uh, because he was known for being able to create uh, wine from water and, and food on the fly. And then, of course, there were probably the religious leaders of the day that didn't like Jesus, and they just wanted to keep a close eye on him to figure out what he was saying and, and what he was telling the people uh, because obviously um, it didn't jive with what they wanted to accomplish in, in keeping people in their religious structure. And so we have uh, the setting in my mind, again, that there's uh, Jesus up on a hill and he's teaching, and then this multitude has gathered in, and he kind of changes the direction in the sermon, and he starts talking about the narrow way. That's the uh-huh. way it's headed in my Bible. Right. And uh, if we look at Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse uh, 13 and 14, it says, Enter by the narrow gate. For the wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And so in these uh, just a couple verses, Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus takes on just this major topic of there's a life choice that we all have to make. Oh, yeah. And uh, all of us have to pick a side. We have to determine which one it's going to be on. And there's no way for us really to straddle the fence in this situation. We have to choose which direction we're going to go. You can choose the right way or the wrong way is what Jesus is meaning. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You you have uh, right way or wrong way. What's interesting here is he he makes a reference to to two gates. He Mm -hmm. also makes uh, reference to two ways. So these Uh gates open and lead to a way. And the first one that he talks about is the narrow gate. And uh, he mentions that narrow gate. And then there in uh, verse 14, he says that that narrow gate um, is a difficult way and it leads to life. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at that narrow gate, and this one's really not hard to kind of discern what what, uh, Jesus is talking about, but from that, we learn that really that narrow gate is 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 God, is, is Jesus Himself, mm-hmm. uh, is He is the narrow gate, and so He was telling uh, folks that they needed to to enter through Him, enter through that narrow gate, and ultimately that they would find the path that leads. Uh, to life, and we have some other verses of scripture that kind of lead us uh, down this road of of Jesus being a gate. We have verses that read like John ten verse nine that says Jesus says I am the door. Mm-hmm. We also have John, uh, of course, John fourteen six that says I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we have this image of of Jesus being the entryway um, That's right. that we get to God the Father and ultimately to this path uh, that leads to life. And there's another gate that's referenced here, Dad, is, is uh, it's referenced, but then there's not much said about it. It just says that it's wide. It's a wide gate, and there's a broad way. But it says nothing about entering that gate. Mm-hmm. And I really believe the reason why it doesn't say um, anything about entering that gate is because that technically is the gate that all of us are born to, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're all born as, as sinners. We're all right. born on this wide, broad path um, of life uh, because uh, of the fall of man ever since Adam and Eve sinned, the first sin, it was that sin that has now made us have a sinful nature. And so even that brand new baby that's born is born into that broad way. 
and on that broad road um, and has already entered through the broad gate because of one man um, who failed uh, there at the beginning of time. So we have, again, two gates, uh, one representing Jesus himself, Mm -hmm. that narrow gate that leads to the narrow way. And then we have the broad gate. Um, and again, it doesn't say to enter it because I really believe that's because we're already there. That's just naturally where we, we find ourselves as old sinful people, is we find ourselves uh, having passed through that broad gate uh, through the sin of one man and then ultimately find ourselves on the broad way. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about these ways? So that we have two ways, again, a broad way and a narrow way. Um, what do those represent to you, Dad? Well, as I think about the two ways, I... I think about the fact that uh, a way is a road. The same thing's a road. You know, we used to hear a long time ago, it used to be said of the days of old, all roads lead to Rome. Well, a way leads to somewhere. And, you know, one way that we're talking about, when you go through the narrow gate, it leads uh, to heaven, eternal life. But when you enter that broad gate, and like you said, you we are maybe born, you know, on that, having already been through that gate. And of course, you know, uh, the soul that sinneth shall die too. I mean, we're born sinners, and but, you know, God judges us because we too sin, you know. We've got that sinful nature. And so that road leads uh, to hell and destruction. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the narrow way or the narrow road Uh, To begin with, let's look at the lifestyle of those walking down the narrow way or road. The lifestyle of those that have entered the narrow gate and are on their way to heaven is not easy. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that the way is difficult in verse 14. In verses 13 and 14, you know, it comes at the conclusion of the Sermon of the Mount that Jesus gave, like you said, the greatest sermon ever preached. And that contrasts the difference between those that belong to the kingdom of heaven and those that don't. Now, according to what Jesus said in his sermon, those who are on the road that leads to life, they hunger and thirst for righteousness. They're of a pure heart. They're peacemakers. They don't hate others. They love their enemies. They bless those that curse them. They pray for those that spitefully use them. Do good to those who hate them. They seek reconciliation with others as soon as possible. They strive to be at peace with all men. They abstain from sexual immorality. They don't commit adultery. They don't live together outside of marriage. They don't look at pornographic material. They take serious their marriage vows. They don't lie. They tell the truth. They have the right perspective on money, focusing more on laying up treasures in heaven than on earth. They don't rob God of his tithes and offerings. They're not hypocrites. They're the salt of the earth. And such is the lifestyle of those that are on the road to life. Now, the Bible says that this way, this road is not easy. Like I said, it is difficult. And the reason being, I think, is because Satan puts a target on your back when you live for God. And he sets up ambushes along the road. He brings persecution, too. The Bible says that all who who, who, uh, live godly in Christ Jesus, they're going to suffer persecution. Philippians 1.29 says, Paul said, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but to suffer for his sake. And in John 15.12, Jesus said, A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Well, another thing that makes this narrow road hard is that it requires commitment, determination, discipline, control, and self-denial. 
Well, let me ask you if you're out there listening today, are you on the narrow road that leads to life? Jesus mentioned the narrow way or road, but he also talked about that broad way, the broad road that leads to destruction. And what is the lifestyle that is manifested by those walking on this road? Why? It's the very opposite of those walking on the narrow road. Over in Galatians, Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. And I believe you read uh, these scripture verses about three weeks ago in our podcast. I think so. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I've told you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So that describes for for all of us uh, today uh, the lifestyle of those that are on the broad way that's leading to hell and destruction, totally opposite to the lifestyle of those that are on that narrow way leading to life. Now, some say that this, this broad way is the easy way. I mean, there's no resistance, no persecution, because you're just going the way of the crowd. Mm. In verse 13, the Bible says, there are many that go by it, but in reality... This way is not easy. Proverbs thirteen fifteen says, The way of the transgressor is hard. You know, the alcoholic doesn't have an easy life. You may be tired of the way you're living, and there's no joy in your life. You've heard the expression, life is hard. Well, the sad thing is for many who are trapped in a sinful lifestyle, they don't know that there's a way out. But there is a way out. There is another gate that you can enter into. If you're on the broad way, there's another gate, and that gate will lead to the road of life. And Satan has blinded people to that gate, blinded people to that road. And I believe that's why there's few people that find it. Satan's done a number on us. That's very true, and uh, he has blinded blinded us to that fact. And a couple of things that I wanted to, to talk about, Dad, there is as you were going through, um, you know, it says for the the broad road, as you said, is is viewed as easy. Um, and I, I think if you ask any person who's uh, you know not on the narrow way, ask them if their life is easy. It it may f- seem easy uh, because it doesn't require much of you right. uh, to to go in that direction. It doesn't require commitment and self control and and all of those things that you listed there. But as you mentioned, it's not an easy road. No, um, I've never met someone that was uh, completely uh, lost in sin and, and their life is in, in ruin and shambles, and them be like, "This is the best thing ever." That's right. <laughs> you know, I've yeah. just I've never never had that happen. And you know, it's, it's it's interesting that Jesus worded it this way, but I think he was really talking about the effort it takes uh, to go in those directions. Going with the way of the world is very easy in terms of it takes no effort at all because the whole crowd is going in that direction. Everyone's doing it. I'll just do the same. Whereas the narrow road, it is a harder road, but you know, it's, it's not hard in the sense of, um, that, that it's, it's just overwhelming. You know, I think about, you know, my worst day as a Christian is way better than the best day as a sinner. I believe you know, that. Right. There, there, there's, 
there's a joy and a peace and a sweetness about being on that narrow path. And yes, there's going to be persecution. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tough times that are going to going to face us. I mean, if you think about Jesus, when he was in the gospels there and, and talking with the disciples, how many times did he tell people, you know, if you're going to follow me, you got to take up your cross. If right. you're going to follow me, you're going to have to die to self. If you're going to follow me, the son of man has no place to lay his head. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he, he talked about, you got to, if you love your mother and father more than you love me, then you're not, you're not in it. Uh, that's right. He even told people, you know what, uh, you want to bury your dead? You let the dead bury their dead. Uh, come follow me. There was all these things that he talked about is, is it takes a commitment, it takes a sacrifice, and it takes um, a, a lot of uh, just, uh, again, dying to self in order to go that narrow way. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it challenging because it, mm-hmm. it costs right. uh, so much to go that narrow way. It's not really hard once you're there because you have uh, the knowledge that you're uh, going in the path of of following Jesus. You know that you have eternal life. Mm -hmm. And even when these hard and challenging times come around you, you have joy and peace that's provided to you that just make it so much better. So, you know, it's it's weird wording that's there, but I I understand why Jesus said it that way, because he he seemed to be uh, talking about the effort that it takes to go in, uh, you know, those directions. Again, the the broad path or the wide path. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and and Dad, I, I heard a uh, heard a story as I was um, uh, preparing for what we're going to be talking about today. And you know, we just have two verses that we were looking at, and it's fairly straightforward in terms of understanding what this means. There's a there's two paths. You get a choice, narrow uh, and broad. Uh, one way leads to life, and that's eternal life through Jesus Christ. One leads to destruction. That destruction is through the the fires of hell. Right, and so. Um, I just heard a story that I really want to share with our viewers. I think it'll help bring it all together and, and for them. And and so uh, the story is based about the Alamo. And, you know, the the Alamo occurred out in Texas. Um, the year was 1836. And, and the thing with Alamo is that there was 182 patriots. Uh, these were volunteer men uh, that had come together to fight for a cause that they believed in. And they ultimately gave their life uh, for that cause. And and they were uh, in the Alamo, in the Spanish mission. Uh-huh. Uh, they were locked up in there, and they had been surrounded by the Mexican army. And these men had been surrounded uh, by the Mexican army that totaled about 5,000 soldiers. Mm-hmm. So they were severely outnumbered. Um, they were also out, uh, had more firepower. You know, the, the Mexican army had had more uh, that they could uh, use at their disposal right. uh, than these men that were, were held up um, as volunteer soldiers again uh, there in the Spanish mission. And so for 13 days, they're camped out in this building and trying to, uh, to fend off this massive army that's outside of them. And finally, uh, their commander, William B. Travis, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, got up before his men and he gave a speech. And he basically told them what the outlook was, uh, that it was bleak. I don't think he had to tell anyone that. They probably already knew it. Right. They knew that the chance uh, of survival was probably very low. And so he began to explain to them that, you know, um, he would understand if, if anyone didn't want to continue forward. Mm-hmm. And he felt like under the cover of darkness, it may be possible for uh, some people to get away and get through the enemy lines and, and find their way to safety. Right. But there was, again, no guarantee of that. And so he gave the speech. He asked his men and told them, here's, here's the deal. And then what's interesting, as I read, is he took his sword out from his sheath and he put the point of it in the in the sand there inside the Alamo, and he began to walk, and he drew a line. He drew a line in the sand, and he looked at his men, and he said, I'll understand if you, if you don't want uh, to go forward, right. but I need to know who's coming with me and who's on this side. If you're going to stand with me, I want you to come to this side of the line. 
And wouldn't you know, every single man except one stood up, walked over, and they crossed the line. They got on his side of the line. The only man that was left was James Bowie. And James Bowie uh, had been injured in battle mm-hmm. uh, to the point where he couldn't walk. And so he asked his soldier uh, buddies there, he said, I- I'm on that side. So he asked that he would be carried across yeah. uh, to that line. And so they, they had that solidarity you know, that they were on that, that side of the line. And then ultimately, um, in the early uh, pre-dawn hours of March 6, with bugles uh, blaring, uh, the battles began. The Mexican army began to attack um, the uh, 182 men, uh, these patriots. They fought boldly through first round of attacks uh, and a second round of attacks. And then on the third round of attacks, the Mexican army actually penetrated the North Wall, mm-hmm. and they began to spill into the Spanish mission, uh, 5,000 men just coming down on these 182 men. And all of these men, they continued to fight with everything that they had mm-hmm. until they had just bathed the ground with their own blood, fighting for what they believed in. Right. And so that statement of remember the Alamo mm-hmm. um, actually became uh, just a, a, a chant of, of freedom and independence for the, for the Texans. Right. And it became in that area that remember the Alamo actually was the line. And, and people had to, to make a decision. Are you going to be on the side of Texas or are you going to be on the side of Mexico? Mm-hmm. And no longer could you stand and be with one or the other or be neutral. Um, you had to make a stand of which side that you were going to be on. And that's what Remember the Alamo stood for. And, you know, more importantly and, and, and infinitely more importantly, I feel like God is, has drawn a line in the conscience of every human being. Right. And it's a line that was drawn with the cross. Yep. And it basically says, I need to know which side you're going to be on. Mm-hmm. Are you going to be on the side of the world? Are you going to come on this side of the line and be with me and mm-hmm. be on that narrow path and you be on the, the path that leads to life? Mm-hmm. And, and that is decision that everyone must make. Mm-hmm. And I, I want our listeners just to think about right now, uh, what road are they on? If they mm-hmm. had to, to say, which, which one am I on? Where am I at right now? Um, I feel like there's many people that try to play both roads. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's plenty of people that say they're, they're Christians, but they live in the world and they have a very worldly mind. Right. Um, and they're hearing Jesus talk in the sermon. He didn't give an option for being no. in, on both paths, right? He, he said, you got to go through one or the other. It's clear cut. It's, I mean, if you can live by, you know, the Beatitudes, that describes the child of God, the one that's on that, that uh, narrow road, boy, clear cut. Uh, you should be able to tell by examining your own life in the light the Holy Spirit gives you as to where you're at. That's exactly right. And so, um, you know, I just want to, again, encourage our listeners to think about what road they're on. And, Dad, could you help our listeners? We, we've covered it in the last several podcasts, but maybe there's someone new and who wants to understand how they get onto that right road. What does it take to come through the narrow gate and to make it onto that narrow path? Well, uh, I want to back up and tell you this. There's a lot of people on the wrong road. There's probably people like we're talking about that's listening to us today on the wrong road. Sad to say, they find out too late that they're headed to a dead end. Uh, Let me give you an illustration. Charles Murray, he was a student at the University of Cincinnati. He was also a high diver and training for the Summer Olympics. A fellow student had been talking to him for quite some time about his relationship with Jesus. Not being raised in a family that attended church, this was all quite new and fascinating to Charles. He even began asking questions about sin and forgiveness. Finally, the day came that his friend put the question to him, are you ready to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior? In other words, what you're talking about, 
the lines drawn in the sand here? Are you ready to step across and live for Jesus Christ? Well, the expression on Charles's face changed, and he replied with a strong no to his friend. Well, for many days after, he avoided the student who witnessed to him. But finally, he called her one more time, and he asked her where he could find some of the verses that she mentioned in the Bible. And then he hung up without speaking any more about Christ. Because he was training for the Olympic Games, Charles, he had special privilege at the university swimming pool. Uh, sometime between 10.30 and 11 that evening, he decided to swim and practice a few dives. It was a clear night in October, and the moon was big and bright. The pool was housed under a ceiling of glass panes, so the moon shone brightly across the top of the wall in the pool area. Charles climbed to the highest platform to take his first dive. He stood on the platform backwards to make his dive, spread his arms to gather his balance, looked up to the wall and saw something that froze him in his tracks. There on the wall was his own shadow made by the light of the moon, and it was in the shape of a cross. He sat down on the diving board and began to pray. He asked God to forgive him. He asked God to save him from his sins. He trusted Jesus sitting on a diving board a little over 20 feet in the air, Suddenly, at that point, the lights in the pool area came on. The attendant had come in to check the pool. As Charles turned around and looked down from the platform, he noticed for the first time the empty pool that had been drained for repairs. He had almost plummeted to his own death, but he stood at the crossroads and he made a right turn just in the nick of time. Well, some of you are at a crossroads, just like that illustration my son gave about uh, Travis that drew that line in the sand. This is a crossroads for you. You've got to make a decision one way or another. Are you going to trust Christ? Are you going to serve him? Are you going to enter through that narrow gate and get on that narrow road that leads to life, knowing it could be hard and difficult? Or are you just going to stay where you're at? on the broad road that leads to destruction. Now, I want to tell you something. It's a crazy thing to remain where you're at when you can go to heaven, when you can have your sins forgiven. And you didn't do anything to make that possible. Jesus died on the cross and took your place and mine and took the punishment for our sin. He was punished. The wages of sin is death. Jesus became our substitute and died on that old cruel cross and took uh, the blows uh, from the whip and took the, the nails in his hands and his feet for us. He suffered for us that we might not have to suffer for eternity. And out of gratitude for what he did, hey, you need to you need to step across that line. You need to commit yourself uh, to live for Jesus Christ. You know, we talked about repentance uh, the last time or one of the last times that we met on this on this bone bonfire uh, podcast. And repentance is changing your mind. Repentance is like making an about face. Soldiers marching in one direction and the drill sergeant says to, to the rear march, he wants them to turn around and go in the opposite direction. That's what you've got to do. If you really believe that Jesus is who he said he is, the son of God, and he did what he, he said he did for you, died on the cross to make it possible for you to be forgiven out of gratitude for what he did. Turn 
away from your sin right now and start living for Him. He'll give you the power to do what you can't do in your own flesh through the Holy Spirit. And trust in Him to forgive you of your sins based on His death on the cross. Ask Him to forgive you. The Bible says we must confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart God raised Him from the dead. Do so right now. This is a a very important time. I want to ask you right now, if you've not turn from your sin, do it right now. In simple prayer, ask God to forgive you. I, I'm going to pray that sinner's prayer that I, I prayed when uh, I was just a boy of 10 years of age, and my my preacher got down on his knees, and, and he helped me to pray so that I could ask Jesus into my heart. Some of you don't know how to pray. Some of you have never prayed, or you only have prayed when you're in trouble or or, or you're under pressure. You know, Here's what you need to pray. You need to ask God to forgive you. Turn from your sins. Tell Him you want to live for Him as the Lord of your life and Savior. And here's the prayer. If you want to pray to accept Jesus, I invite you to stop what you're doing right now. Close your eyes, bow your head, and pray right along after me. Here's that sinner's prayer. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I need to be forgiven of all my sins. I know Jesus died for me. He was buried and come back to life. I believe. And today, out of gratitude for what Jesus did, I'm trusting Him right now as my Savior, the one who died for me, who paid the penalty for my sins. I'm not putting my my trust in getting to heaven on my own because I'm not good enough. And out of gratitude for what He did, I'm, I'm making Jesus Lord right now. I promise that I'm going to serve you, Jesus, starting today for the rest of my life. Please receive me into your kingdom, into your family. Come and live in my body through your Holy Spirit. Take control of my life and help me, Lord, to live the lifestyle of those that are on that narrow way leading to heaven that Jesus talked about in the Beatitudes. Thank you for forgiving me, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. If you were sincere in in this prayer, if you prayed this sinner's prayer, then here's what you need to do. You need to go to church this coming Sunday. Now, you pick out a church where the Bible is being preached and being taught and where people live for Jesus and you know you can see Jesus in their life. You pick out a church like that, you go. You tell the pastor at that church that you prayed to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You request baptism. That's the next thing you need to do uh, in following Jesus. That is your way of uh, publicly announcing your your coming out. That's your coming out party. You're publicly announcing your faith in Jesus. You need to get baptized. You start going to church every Sunday. There's no question where you're going to be the next Lord's Day. You're going to be in church, sitting in a pew or in a chair, worshiping God. Take your family with you. God can change your life. You know, to a lot of dads out there, if you'll just step across that line and commit to Jesus, you'll be surprised as you live for Jesus. Your family will follow. Your family will follow. Well, Matt, what do you want to say as we get ready to conclude this this broadcast? I just want to let everyone know, again, if you, you decided to pray that prayer and that you, you meant it, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you, can, again, can connect to us uh, via Facebook or you can send us an email. 
uh, just let us know that you made that decision. Again, we uh, are not going to uh, ask for anything from you in return or anything like that. We just want to know uh, that you made that decision, and then we'll pray for you and, and, and try to help you in any way we can uh, to get plugged into um, a local church and, and, and to begin to grow in your faith. And so um, really appreciate you guys. Look forward to uh, talking with you next time. Again, we'll be in First John. So uh, I encourage you to go ahead and start read through the book of First John and be prepared to study. And uh, we'll, we'll have something for you uh, coming up in, a, in another week or so. So uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonefire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.